as I approach my my birthday, where it will be the last year I'm in my 40s, I keep thinking, I don't know why I'm still stuck at age 28. I have no idea. It's just the age I think I will always be, even when I'm in my 90s. I'm going to be 28. Mentally, that is where I am. It's not that that was an exceptional or extraordinary year. I don't remember anything happening that was amazing, epic, or just crazy insightful. And the only thing I can think of is that maybe subconsciously it's the last year uh, before I became a mom. I, I had my first child when I was 29. And maybe it was just that thought of there's still a chance for life to turn out exactly how I imagined. When I'm when I become a mom, everything's just going to fall into place. And my kids are going to turn out just like I pictured. And that didn't happen. Not at all. I don't think it does for most people. But life as a parent was completely, has been completely different than anything I could have ever imagined. I'm Nikki Lynn Chase. And this is my podcast, Adult Chicken. It's about navigating life's unexpected, my stories, my journey as a single mom to two special needs kids. Becoming a mom was nothing like I had imagined. It was so much better. It was so much worse. <laughs> it was it was so much more magical. It was maddening. It was mortifying. It was so many more things than I ever anticipated it being. I I went through so many parental identity crises and probably still going through some, but the the first one I remember going through was before I had kids and it was um a t- a tennis mom. Let's just call it tennis mom. I thought my life would look like what I had grown up with. I thought all the great moms were tennis moms because that's all I knew. I thought, I guess that would be your modern day soccer mom at this point where you have kids, you have the the husband, you're very active, you, uh, your kid plays every kind of sport, goes through school, playing on sports, becoming friends with all of their teammates and uh, going on to college and playing sports in college. And again, that's what I knew as the majority of the moms that we were close to, that we spent time with, and the ones I looked up to. And then it came time right before I had my first child, and I had enrolled in some mommy childbirthing classes. <laughs> and I embraced that. I, I guess I embraced my inner hippie from going to school in Boulder. And they were telling you how to go through a whole natural childbirthing uh situation. And I was on it. I'm like, oh, I will not take any drugs. I will, once I have this baby, I will do everything that I sort of think will help her thrive. I will read to her before she's born. She's going to be so smart. And then I was also going to include um, a natural birthing plan, which meant absolutely no drugs. I would never, ever bring this baby into the world with any sort of drugs in her system, meaning an epidural or what have you. And I was going to make all of her food. It was going to be so natural and it was going to be so wonderful. Well, first contraction I had, I was like, hell no, I'm not doing this without drugs. Give me whatever you can shoot into my back or any part of my body. I am not feeling another one of those. And and blew that plan right out of the, the mix. And then I think the first inconvenient moment of trying to make food, I thought, who am I kidding? I can't even make mashed uh, sweet potatoes that a baby's going to consume. So 
quickly that was just out the window. Then I hit the the professional stage where I'd gotten a job and it was a career job. I got to travel a lot for work and it was nothing like I had imagined. I had known and seen professional women, kind of wanted to be that. Um, But every time I'd go on a work trip, all hell would break loose at home and I'd end up on so many emergency flights home and I never felt comfortable being a, a professional with a, with a child. I didn't fit the mold for somebody that would have a nanny or, or trust anybody to take care of my child other than myself. And it was very interesting once my kids were both in elementary school. That's where kind of all my identi- my parental identity crises fused together. And then I saw all of the types of, of parents uh, in, in kind of one area. I, I got to know the the tennis moms the the mom I thought I was going to be and ended up nothing nothing like we did attempt uh, a a couple years in little league for Sandler he enjoyed that but I kind of knew that wasn't my thing I met some great great parents involved in that moms and dads alike but it was very much kind of what one would imagine and it was a lot of keeping up with the Joneses which we didn't and we stuck out like a sore thumb because he was the only special needs kid on the team and even though it it turned out to be a lot of exactly what I expected it was also a lot of what I didn't expect because it was my kid that didn't fit in on the team and um, he played with kids much younger than him so at least there was that so he seemed almost even at least on an athletic um field wise he could kind of keep up with the game but I couldn't keep up with that group of parents there was no way and then I met lots of professional moms and they had the ability to have nannies and help and they had some of them I knew had a couple of nannies or a couple caretakers for their kids and I I envied them I couldn't even relate to them at all I forgot what it was like to be a professional mom. I forgot what it was like to not have chocolate milk all over me and to just throw that on and just try to get the kids to school and then run 900 errands at the time, mostly on my bike. And then the all natural, that parent was definitely in there. And that was the parent I just would look at with, I guess, a, a bit of in, endearing um, eyes and think, oh, no idea <laughs> or good luck that's a lot of work to be all natural and a lot of the ones that I met were very into the idea of homeschooling and that was another after having taught school and then had sort of all of my pipe dreams blown out so early as far as how natural I was going to be and what I was going to do with my kids um, I just kind of smile and, and think to myself oh god they have no idea <laughs> enter spaghettios at some point in your life and and it's all done then I get into the short phase and I call that phase Stifler's mom where I would get if and when I would get the opportunity to have a break and and I would embrace those breaks and those breaks I'm talking my kids would go to school for hours at a time and I just embrace every minute of it most of those were uh, filled in with me running around on my bike going to pick up all of the things we needed just to get us through the week but then there were a few nights I actually had off and if and when I had a night off that was so foreign to me and so not my norm that I just embraced every second of not being a mom because that was not something I got to do very often and I'd go out with friends or I'd go to the local watering hole where I'd know all the locals and just 
enjoy there were no kids. I enjoyed not being around any kids and just being adults only. And I remember one night in particular, I had the whole night off. I was so excited and I got dressed up. Now I had a I still had my my bedtime, which was very early. I didn't I didn't stay out late, but man, I put my big girl shoes on and I did go to the local watering hole and there's no there's no dancing there. It's not like a dancing type of a place. But you know what? That music was playing and I was just having myself my own my very own little party as I did if and when I ever got the chance to go out. And so I'm dancing and I'm just having the time of my life. I am enjoying every second of it. I think my dance moves are just, they're just working that night for me. I just am so elated that I am free. And this, I think it was a glass of water actually. And I don't know if that was maybe a a hint, an underhanded (laughs) or a backhanded uh, compliment of maybe you you could probably use some water to like cool down my hot dance moves. (laughs) No, probably to uh, stop the dancing. I'm not sure, but I I looked to see where where the water came from. And it came from this extremely handsome guy and he was this extremely tall long-haired blonde guy and of course I just walked right over and we get to talking and he's on vacation from from Finland of all places and that was so intriguing to me and so I kind of took a a mental visit all the way to uh Scandinavia and we start talking about Finland and of course, I have to dive into, oh, I'm Norwegian, you know, my mom is 100% Norwegian and my family and this, that, and the other thing. So I think we just have all kinds of things in common. And he's so attractive. <laughs> and he's so awesome. And we hit it off. And I'm like, this is amazing, you know, single, exciting me. We hit it off. And I remember he goes outside to smoke. And I'm thinking, you know what? I've got the whole night off. And I don't have a particularly quiet voice. And I know everybody inside. And I don't know what made me ask this question. And I'm probably going to regret telling this story um, (laughs) out loud. But the whole bar heard it. I remember I asked him I said so are you circumcised and he said he was and I don't even know why that was a thing for me but apparently that night it was and I said want to come over (laughs) he said sure and it ended up being like this summer love I mean it was a summer affair to remember and it was the greatest summer ever experienced and I call it my Stifler's mom stage because he was very young, like very young. He wasn't, I mean, thank God he was old enough to be in a bar. I, I did know that. I knew the people that <laughs> everybody at that bar, but he was young. And I think it was a very non-committal um, situation for me. I did know he was going back to Finland and uh, I we still stay in touch, but I don't think I new age at that time or I didn't want to know age I didn't want to really accept the fact that I was getting older and that particular night I didn't want to be a mom and I wasn't a mom that night then I hit the the point of of reality and I wasn't getting those those breaks anymore I wasn't getting a night or two off here and there or ever and 
Next phase is the Special Olympics phase. I really wanted to find my tribe and find parents that really understood me. I wanted that comfortable place to go and bring my kids where um, if Sandler had his little outburst, it was kind of expected or maybe not expected, but it was accepted. And I, I liked meeting the parents of other special needs kids. I even met a couple of parents who had two kids. So for the first time I'm meeting people with like situations. What I did find is even the parents, and I don't know why I didn't expect this, but even the parents of these special needs kids were getting competitive, just in different areas of life, but it was fascinating to me. I enjoyed, I was the token person that would drive the kids because I inevitably wanted to sit there on Saturday mornings, early Saturday mornings, and just be amongst other parents of special needs kids. Some of them were were very much, not into their lives as special needs parents they they felt like victims of the of the universe because they've been dealt the cards that they had dealt and had a a kid with special needs some were very negative and unhappy they didn't like that their lives had turned out that way and then many shared the same perspective i did and thought it was the greatest way to go through life with these these little unexpected treasures and I just enjoyed it. I think some of the parents made me feel better about myself. Some of them made me feel much better about how I was parenting. Some of them made me strive to be more like them, I think, and I just really loved it, and one of my favorite parts of Special Olympics was the kickoff season event, and we'd go, uh, we'd travel about an hour, and a friend of mine, a fellow mom, had agreed that she'd be the carpool person, and she'd pick us up. And I adored her. I, I knew I knew her before we had started Special Olympics, and she might have actually been one of the reasons we did start. And anyway, she she picks us up, and it's early. I mean, the the sun is just coming up, and when she arrives, she starts saying that uh, she's super hungover, and I completely understand. I'm like, yeah, these kids will drive you to drink. Well, by the time we get to the freeway, she's like, don't even worry about it. I took a bunch of edibles thought is oh well thinking are, are you sure you're cool to drive and I offered to drive I'm thinking I'll I'll drive she had the bigger car so she had been the driver but I was willing to drive her car no 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 I got this then the whole entire drive down there she's looking at me while talking and the next thing out of her mouth is you know, I've got uh, these per- personal assistants. They live in my head, and she's going on and on about how they organize her life and do all of this stuff. And I think I realized at that moment, this is how I get tricked because she's talking crazy. Like, this is not normal, and I don't know how much of this is the hangover mixed with the the edibles. I don't know what the reaction is or how that whole recipe is working in her head, but she's legit talking about having personal assistance. She's describing who they are, what they wear, what they do for her. And Nikki, you're being tricked. Like you're thinking this sounds amazing that you need to get yourself a couple of personal assistants that live in your head that are going to fix your life and make you organized. Next breath is the fact that all of the the kids, including hers and mine, have what they have, their diagnosis, which is they're totally, their diagnoses, which are totally different and different disabilities. They have that because of Agent Orange and the leftover from Agent Orange. And uh, we get into all kinds of um, talk about that. And I start stressing out because I'm like, there's part of me that's trying to ground myself and say, Nikki, she doesn't know things you don't know and she's trying to you know 
make peace with what her kid has and this is where she's finding it and the research she's doing is very different from the research you have done but so just hold on to that it's not that she knows something about agent orange that you don't i mean she probably does she probably knows a lot more about it but i personally was quite certain that's not what had caused what my kids had have and so this mom who i'd always thought kind of had her shit together is talking about all kinds of things and really stressing me out and not to mention she's staring at me not the not the road the whole entire time so she finally pulls over to get to the rest stop and I happened to pack some drinks and I I open a diet coke because I happen to love having a diet it's one of my vices I love to have a diet coke in the morning sometimes more than a coffee and I think at that point I wish there was rum in it because I'm like oh my god I need to calm down like this lady has got me so stressed out between thinking I haven't figured out how to get personal assistance to run my life and that Agent Orange has caused all of this um all of these problems and the end of the world is is coming I mean I was just spinning out when she gets back to the car and she needs a cigarette and then she starts smoking her cigarette and she's looking at me just disgusted and as she's blowing smoke at me she starts in on my diet coke and how unhealthy it is and I expressed to her that I'm well aware of the fact that diet coke is not healthy I've never claimed that there are any health benefits I just really like it and I've always liked it and you know I'm not trying to force you or anybody else into drinking it but I enjoy it and at that moment as I'm just getting reamed for my diet coke by somebody smoking cigarettes which I don't care I don't care if you want to smoke an entire pack of cigarettes just please let me have my diet coke in peace and let me try to find some solace and peace in this moment because I've got to calm down but I did realize that I don't think I can do parents and I needed a break from parents we got to the event it was a beautiful event but I honestly didn't even want to do special olympics after that and it was fine the kids were elated it was time to not do it Bootsy was hated running Sandler hated the whole idea of every part of it and I thought why am I doing this why am I setting myself up for this it was a great experience I learned something from each and every parent that I met there but I needed a break and then I hit the next phase which was just needing a break from everything I guess I had entered simultaneously while I was in the Special Olympics phase, also the the, phase, the wine and weed phase. I call it the wine and weed phase because I would just need my wine to numb everything down. And then when I quit, fortunately that was a, a short phase, but when I quit that phase, then that's when I tried. And if you heard the ad, adult chicken episode, that's when I tried to become a weed smoker. Just anything to just calm me down. And make it okay that bigger kids bigger problems and finally it was me needing to cross the bridge of my future and also it was my therapist saying Nikki look at videos look at pictures from your past and then you're going to see the progression because what I was really struggling with was all of the angst and all of the effort I was putting into parenting because our progression is at such a different level I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere I felt like we weren't doing anything and it was very hard for me as much as I preach carpe diem in our house <laughs> it was very hard for me to see anything from the past that I couldn't see where we had gotten and we had gotten far we had done 
crazy things to get as far as we had gotten. But I'd forgotten all of those things um, because living in the moment was so uh, difficult and it was so hard and it was so fast paced and there was so much going on. But and I really feared the future. I didn't know what my future was like. I, I still don't, obviously, but I refused to cross that bridge for so long. And when I finally did, when I finally allowed myself to cross that bridge and just say, well, at least have a plan, at least have a plan that you can accept and embrace. And once I did that, that's when I entered the, the next phase, which I've sort of just made not so much a phase. I think it's just my being at this point. And that is combining all of what I've learned from each and every phase and putting it all together. And it's funny because it's all come full circle. We're not going to become the uh, tennis players that, you know, from the tennis mom phase, we're not going to become the players that go on to college with our full ride scholarships and then on to pro. Totally okay. Instead, that's been substituted with now I'm a skate mom instead of a, a, a tennis mom. I also embrace the, the natural, the all natural. Um, I also called that the hippie homeschooling mom. After COVID, I decided, and, and right before COVID hit, I was entertaining the idea of homeschooling, which I'd rather, I thought I would rather chew glass than to ever even consider. But the truth be, be told, my kids are better off. They never went back. They were going to school for the experience. And once COVID hit, there was no experience. Homeschool, I, I refuse to call it that. We call it life school, has proved to be um, incredibly beneficial and helpful and the best thing I ever did unintentionally and accidentally. And then again, I am not revisiting the Stifler's mom stage, but I take everything I got from that and still have a, a lifelong friendship with the the Finnish guy. And that was an incredible experience. The, the Special Olympics phase, just all the different parents I've met, met in each and every one of these um, little phases of my life. I've been able to embrace each and everything that everyone has taught me parental wise and even, even what I've learned from the crazy part of it. So today's special edition is one of my favorite stories about my first favorite parents I've ever met since uh, entering the world of parenting. And it was, Bootsy was in the early stages of school and I'm in the early stages of figuring out how life works. At this time, I've got Sandler, he's, he's an infant and Bootsy is in about first grade. And I get a, a phone call and it's from a, a fellow mom who had decided she had made the decision to bring her son. She was also obviously in the early stages of figuring out navigating life. Um, and it's unexpected with her son who's in a wheelchair on oxygen. Uh, he was blind and um, he was completely dependent on her or others to do anything and everything for him. And I guess they sat down in circle time and they were singing songs and Bootsy got up from where she was sitting and went down and sat exactly as close and next to them as she could possibly be. And she was very comfortable. His name was Tucker and she was very comfortable with Tucker because Tucker had oxygen, like I said, but she was so used to Sandler who had every wire tube and whatnot connected to him. He had a feeding tube, he had oxygen. He had more machines, beeps, everything going off at, at all times. And that, that had become our normal and that had become her normal 
and uh, she went over and she held his hand. She didn't know this person. She didn't know this mom. She didn't know this kid. And that mom and I became just fast friends because not only did that tug on my heartstrings and make me exceptionally proud and, and happy, I was so glad she, the mom, had somebody embrace Tucker because I know what it's like and I knew at that time what it was like when people didn't want anything to do with your kids. Hell, I half my family didn't want anything to do with, with my son because they found his, his tubes and his special needs off-putting and uncomfortable. And here Bootsy had made Tucker and his mom feel very comfortable. And so she and I went and we got coffee one morning. And we both sat there and started talking. It was like we had a secret. And that was that secret that we shared that day was that we wouldn't change how our kids were. We liked them just how they were. It was so magical. And for the first time, I realized there were people who had similar situations or very different situations but special needs kids nonetheless or kids that they really were glad were wired the way they were and we both shared this sense of just feeling lucky that our situations our our paths had crossed but more so than anything that our kids were wired the way they were to make us better people to make us better parents and to show us things that you wouldn't otherwise see unless you had insight to that kind of perspective. Please tune in next week for an episode about Kevin, the dog. It might not sound very exciting, just the family pet, but as you might have picked up on already, anything and everything that has to do with our family is complicated, unique, exciting, and worth tuning in to hear. Please like, follow, share, subscribe. You can find me on YouTube at Adult Chicken. You can also find me on adultchicken.com. Make sure you get the .com in there. I'm also on Instagram, adult underscore chicken, as well as TikTok, adult underscore chicken. Also Apple and Spotify podcasts.